Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery, from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories, and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts, or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. Welcome to Reading Bug Adventures, created, written, and produced by The Reading Bug, our family-owned children's bookstore in Northern California. I sure hope you're ready for another exciting adventure today. I know I am. I have a feeling that today's adventure will be out of this world. Remember to subscribe to our podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are heard so you can listen to new episodes as soon as they're released. And to learn more about us and discover more reading adventures, visit thereadingbug.com. The Reading Bug also offers a subscription box service. For a monthly delivery of books, handpicked by our team and delivered to your doorstep, visit readingbugbox.com. Finally, if you love listening to Reading Bug Adventures, please help us spread the word. Tell your friends, write a review of our podcast, or share on social media to help us grow our audience and keep creating special adventures together. Thank you for listening and for your help. Okay, reader, let's flap our bug wings and fly. It's time for a reading bug adventure. It's a reading bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too. The reading bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. both got here at exactly the same time today. It's so good to see you again. I've been looking forward to our adventure all week. I can hardly wait. How about you? And oh, who is this with you, Reading Bug? It looks like you brought another friend with you today. He's awfully cute and colorful. Look, Reader, the Reading Bug's friend doesn't look like any creature I've ever seen. He's pretty small, but not as small as the Reading Bug, just about one foot tall. And he's bright green, from his head to his toes. Look closer, reader. On the top of his little green head, he has two ears that look like short little antenna popping up on either side. He's also wearing a clean white jumpsuit with a big sparkly red star right there on his belly. You know, reading bug, if I didn't know better, I'd say your friend is a space alien. But that can't be right. There's no such thing as a space alien, is there? Who is this little guy? Lauren, you're not going to believe this, but your first guess was right. 
My friend is a space alien. It's the strangest story. Two nights ago, I was reading a book called Your Alien by Tammy Sauer, and when I woke up, this bright green guy was standing over my leaf bed, staring down at me, and he's been following me around ever since. Well, you know that any friend of the reading bugs is a friend of mine, of course. Hello there, little guy. My name is Lauren. What's your name? Lumi, Lumi, Lumi. Oh, hi, Lumi. That's not a name I've ever heard before. Can you tell me where you're from? Lumi, Lumi, Lumi. Hmm. I don't understand. Reading bug, why isn't Lumi answering me? Oh, Lumi doesn't talk, or at least I don't think he can speak English. As far as I can tell, the only thing he says is Lumi over and over and over and over again. Lumi. He's from the moon, and I think he really wants to go home. So I promised him that we'd help him get there. Lumi. What do you think, Lauren? Reader, can we help? Wait, reading bug. If Lumi can't talk, how do you know where he's from? Well, you see, last night when the moon rose in the sky, Lumi looked up, flapped his arms like this, and pointed right at it. I don't think he wanted me to see, but he wiped a few tears from his eyes too. I'm sure he was telling me that he wanted to go back home to the moon. Well then, Lumi, you're in luck, little guy. If anyone can get you back to the moon, the reading bug can. Lumi. Every week, the reading bug takes us on a magical adventure using her book bag and our imaginations. We've never traveled as far away as the moon together, but I bet the reading bug's book bag could do it, don't you? Lumi. Reader, can you believe it? It looks like our adventure has already started. It started the minute we met Lumi. Just like our other adventures, the reading bug is going to take us on an exciting trip to whatever time or place is in the books she's carrying in her book bag. She already told us about Your Alien by Tammy Sauer, so I bet we can guess where we'll all be going together today. Lumi, Lumi, Lumi! That's right. We're going to outer space today to get Lumi back home to his family. Reader, I've been doing a lot of reading to prepare for our space mission. My book bag is chock full of books about space. I brought Destination Space by Seymour Simon, Go for a Lift Off: How to Train Like an Astronaut by Dr. Dave Williams, Let's Investigate with Nate Two: The Solar System by Nate Ball, In Focus Space by Raman Prinja, and Cosmic Catastrophes by David Aguilar. Oh my goodness! Reading bug, I am so excited about this trip. I don't think I've told you this before, but I have always dreamed about being an astronaut and traveling through space. But won't it be dangerous for us to travel to the moon on our own? You know, I thought about that, Lauren, and I agree. Space can be very dangerous. So I invited Alara Page, a member of the NASA Astronaut Corps, based at Lyndon B. Johnson Space Center in Houston, Texas, to be our space guide today. She should be arriving any minute now. Alara will go with us on our adventure today to help keep us safe. Here I am. I'm here, reading bug. Traveling by plane and car is so congested compared to space travel. I can never seem to avoid the traffic. I even left early today, but I got stuck in traffic anyway. Don't worry, though. I finally made it. I'm here. Hi there, Lauren. Reader, my name is Alara Page. It's wonderful to meet you. I am so excited to be your space guide today as we head out of this world and into outer space together. 
this is a fantastic opportunity for me, since NASA, which is the short name for the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, doesn't expect to send any astronauts into orbit until at least 2021. When I was a girl, I read books about the first astronauts to land on the moon, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, and it has been a dream of mine to visit ever since. It's the reason I became an astronaut in the first place. And here's a fun fact. Did you know that I was named for a moon? Alara is the name of one of our neighboring planet Jupiter's 69 moons. Wait, did you say 69 moons? No, me. Our planet Earth has only one moon. Why does Jupiter need so many? And while we're on the subject of moons, what's the difference between a planet and a moon anyway? Do you know, reader? Oh, I know, Lauren, in the book, The Planets in Our Solar System by Franklin Branley, it says that planets revolve or circle around stars. Our planet Earth revolves around the sun, which is a star. Moons, on the other hand, don't revolve around stars. They revolve around planets. That's right, reading bug. Lots of times, several planets circle a single star. Do you know how many planets revolve around our sun? Yes, it's eight. The book National Geographic Kids, Planets, by Elizabeth Carney, lists all of the planets from the closest to the furthest away from the sun. Let's see if I can find it. Yes, here it is. Number one, the closest planet to the sun is Mercury. Mercury is only a little bit bigger than our moon. Number two is Venus. Even though it's a planet, not a star, Venus is the brightest object in the sky, other than the moon. It's so bright because the thick clouds that cover it reflect most of the sunlight that reaches it back into space. Number three is our planet Earth. Number four is Mars. It's sometimes called the red planet because rust in the soil makes it shine with a reddish or orange color. Number five is Jupiter. It's the biggest planet in our solar system more than twice as big as all of the other planets combined. Saturn is the sixth planet in our solar system. It's called the ringed planet because it has the most extensive ring system around it. These rings are made almost entirely out of ice. Number seven is Uranus. While all the other planets spin like tops around the sun, Uranus lies on its side. In the book, Professor Astrocrat's Solar System by Dr. Dominic Wallimer and Ben Newman, it says that scientists believe that there are millions of diamonds floating in the center of the planet. But to get to them, you would have to pass through a boiling hot ocean. I don't think I would want to try that. Finally, the eighth planet is Neptune. There's methane gas in Neptune's atmosphere that absorbs red light and that's what gives the planet its beautiful blue color. Neptune's blue color is why it's named after the Greek god of the sea, Neptune. I can't wait to get our adventure started, but before we go, I'd love to make sure my whole body is stretched out and ready for the excitement that waits for us. Why don't we all stretch together, reader? That's it. Everybody stand up, unless you're buckled into your car seat, and wiggle our fingers and toes. Are you wiggling? Great. Now, stretch your arms up high over your head. Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and 
wiggle your toes, swing your arms from side to side. Let's get ready to go. Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side. Now we're ready to go. Thanks for those stretches, Lauren. They really helped. My fellow astronauts and I stretch out for big missions, too. Remember, everyone, exploring space is one of the coolest jobs on or off the planet. But before we begin our mission, we need to make sure that we are in top physical condition. So I'd like all of you to join me in a mini workout. That means you, too, Lumi. Lumi, Lumi! First, unless you're buckled in a seatbelt, I'd like all of you to do 10 jumping jacks. Jump up and down. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Great job. Now let's touch our hands to our toes without bending our knees. Ten times again. One, two, three, four, five, Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Finally, let's lie down on our backs, put our hands behind our head, and do ten sit-ups. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Great job, reader. And you too, Lumi. Now, before we head to the moon together, I hope you remember to bring some paper and crayons with you. We surely won't be able to find any extras in outer space. On our adventures, we get to draw our own illustrations or pictures. Pictures are how we retell the story of our adventures once we've returned. And this story is going to be spectacular for sure. As we travel through space today, you can decide what you want to draw capturing the most important parts of our space mission for your friends and family to see when we're done. You can draw anything you want and create a story that's all your own. At the end of today's mission, we'll take some time to draw the pictures that are in our imaginations. Okay, is everyone ready to blast into space? Look, the reading bug is opening up her book bag. This time, it's growing in size, bigger and bigger and bigger. It's stretching out changing shape and getting taller. <gasps> Why look, reader, it's turning into a spaceship right in front of our eyes. Look carefully. Our book bag spaceship has three tall rocket jets that will create the power to lift us out of the Earth's atmosphere and into space. And there, at the very tippy top of the spacecraft that we'll be flying in, it's called the command module. The Apollo 11 spacecraft that took the first astronauts to the moon also had a lunar module that the astronauts used when they landed on the moon. But one of the astronauts, Michael Collins, had to stay in the command module while the other two landed the lunar module. It looks like our control module can take us all the way to the moon. That means we will all be able to land and maybe even walk on the moon during our adventure. It's kind of funny that spacecrafts are often called spaceships. I guess that's how astronauts got their name. In Living in Space, Katie Dane says that astronaut means star sailor. It's going to take a while to climb the ladder all the way up to the command module, 
so we should all get started. What do you say, star sailors? Reader, reach your arm up high and grab the rung above you to climb the ladder. Great. Now step up and reach up your other arm. Terrific. Keep it up. You know, it's really not fair, Reading Bug. You're flying while the rest of us have to climb. Don't look now, Lauren, but we're almost to the top. Oh, I'm not sure I can make it much farther. This is a lot of work. That's right. Like I told you, astronauts need to be in tip-top shape in order to handle all the hardships of space travel. We made it. Now that we're finally at the top, reader, take a look inside the control module. Wow, there are pictures, lights, and words swirling all around in there. From all the amazing books about space the reading bug brought with her, this is a very special, magical spaceship for sure. What do you see in there? I see the sun and all eight planets rotating around it. See the third planet from the sun? That's our planet, Earth. And I see Mercury and Venus and Mars and Jupiter and Saturn, Uranus and Neptune too. Oh, and when I look further out, I see thousands and thousands of flickering lights. Each one a star, just like our own sun. And they are all part of our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy that's made up of hundreds of millions of stars. Lauren, Alara, Lumi, come on in. It's time for us to close the hatch and start the countdown. Everyone, let's count backwards from 10. Count with me. 10, 10 9, 9, 8, 8 7, 6, 6 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Blast off! Let's jump inside our book bag. What will we find there? Imaginations run away. What's in our book bag? Our trusty book bag. What will we learn about today? Look what's happening, reader. Outside, the buildings are quickly getting smaller and smaller as we launch into space together. The houses, offices, schools, cars, trees, and parks all look like tiny toys on a playset. And the people on Earth look as small as our tiny friend, the reading bug. And now, we are speeding through the clouds, higher and higher. Ooh, look, reader. I can see the curve of the Earth. Can you? That's something you don't see when standing on the ground. From down there, you might believe that the Earth was flat. But as we get further and further away from the surface of the Earth and closer to the moon, we can start seeing what our planet really looks like. A sphere. See? And now we're passing out of Earth's atmosphere. So any minute now we should feel the engines stopping as we make our way towards the moon. Feel that? The main purpose of the spaceship's rockets is to push us away from the Earth. And we've done just that. Next stop, the moon. Lumi, Lumi. Wow, that was a fast ride. I'm feeling a little lightheaded. How about you, reader? And why, look at Alara. Alara, you're floating. Yes. Once our spaceship stops rocketing away from Earth's surface, we all start becoming weightless. It's one of my favorite parts of space travel. Come on, give it a try. What do you think, reader? 
Should we see what being weightless feels like? Okay, let's go. Oh, wow. You're right, Alara. This is amazing. I feel like Peter Pan just floating here. Reader, go on and flap your wings with me. See? We're flying. Amazing. Let's fly over here to the window. Whee! Now when I look at the Earth, I can't see any buildings, trees, parks, or people. All I see are big blue patches, which are the oceans and the brown and green continents that make up the land on the Earth. What a beautiful view. Maybe that's something you'll want to illustrate later, reader. Oh, and look out the window on the other side of the spaceship. The moon is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. As we get closer, the moon is starting to look much bigger than the Earth we left behind. The moon may look big now, but it's really much smaller than the Earth. In my book, In Focus Space, the author says that the moon is about one quarter the size of the Earth. If you imagine that the Earth is the size of a basketball, the moon would be about the size of a tennis ball. The moon is about 250,000 miles from the Earth. If we were in a regular spaceship like the Apollo 11 spacecraft that took the first astronauts to the moon, it would take us three and a half days to reach the moon. But it took us only a few minutes using our imaginations and the Reading Bugs spaceship. Look, we've reached our destination, reader. Get ready, we'll be landing on the moon in just a few seconds. Be patient, Lumi. We're almost there. Wow. Look, Reader. We're slowing down as we get closer and closer to the moon's surface. Can you see the moon's surface out the window of our command module? There sure isn't much to see on the moon. There are no buildings, no trees, no parks, and definitely no people. And don't tell Lumi, but I don't see any creatures that look like Lumi either. You know, I wonder, where's the man on the moon everyone always talks about? When the first people landed on the moon, they confirmed that there are definitely no men or women on the moon. But you are right, Lauren. People all around the world talk about the man in the moon. That's because during a full moon, lots of people think that they can see the face of a man when they look at the moon. What they're really seeing are dark patches on the moon that were created by volcanoes that erupted billions of years ago. I think we've made it, Reader. The lights and pictures have finally stopped flashing, and everything is still and quiet. In fact, I can't hear anything. No voices but ours, no traffic noises, no birds, no TVs, no children, no airplanes. It is so very, very quiet. Why don't we all climb out of the book bag together and have a look around? Whoa, not so fast, Lauren. There's no oxygen on the moon, and that means that we won't be able to breathe unless we take some oxygen with us. In space, astronauts bring their oxygen with them in a backpack. They also wear spacesuits to keep them cool when it's hot out and warm when it's cold. Here on the moon, it can be hotter than 200 degrees during the day and colder than negative 200 degrees at night. We couldn't possibly survive out there without spacesuits. Luckily, I've brought some spacesuits for all of us. These spacesuits are from NASA, and they all have high-tech heating and cooling systems. Each spacesuit comes with lots of layers, including long underwear to keep us warm. Oh, good. If we don't stay warm, we'd all turn into popsicles at negative 200 degrees. 
The suit also has a liquid cooling garment that helps our sweat evaporate, keeping the spacesuits from getting too hot. Phew, that's good news too. Before we leave the book bag and go looking for Lumi's home, let's all get into our spacesuits. Put on your long underwear and cooling garment. Those pieces all go before the spacesuit. Okay, reader. Let's get dressed in our spacesuits, just like Alara says. That way, we can get out of this book bag spaceship and go walking on the moon. Now for the fun part. Let's get these big spacesuits on. First, lift up your legs and slip them into the white space pants, just like that. Nice work. Next. Put each arm one by one into the sleeves of the attached space jacket and zip up the suit. Perfect. And now we can put on our boots, moon boots, one at a time. Oh, that's a pretty tight fit. Did you get your moon boots on, okay, reader? And now we'll put on a soft cap on our head that astronauts call the Snoopy cap because it looks a lot like the cap that Charlie Brown's dog Snoopy wears when he imagines he's flying his World War One plane. Get those Snoopy caps on, everyone! I read about the Snoopy cap in Spacesuits by James Buckley Jr. He says that the cap has earphones and microphones that will let us talk to each other on our spacewalk. That's right, reading bug. Without them, we wouldn't be able to hear each other at all. Now let's place the clear plastic helmet over our heads. Okay, helmet's on. Reader, can you hear me through the speaker in your Snoopy cap? I hear you loud and clear, Lauren. Now it's time to put on our portable life support backpack with our oxygen supply. The backpack also runs the spacesuit's radio, lights, and fans that move air around inside our spacesuits. After we slip on our gloves, we'll be suited up and ready for our moonwalk. Oh, the spacesuit is so heavy that I can barely move. You're right. Spacesuits are heavy, Lauren. They weigh about 180 pounds on the Earth. That's about as much as a grown man weighs. But since the moon is much smaller than the Earth, it has less gravity. In Let's Investigate with Nate, Nate also explains that the more mass an object has, the harder it pulls. The moon has less gravity because it has less mass than the Earth. Correct! And because the moon has less gravity than Earth, the spacesuit will only weigh 30 pounds once we're on the surface of the moon. Less gravity also means that we can jump much higher on our moonwalk than we can on Earth. That should be loads of fun, reader! In case you couldn't tell, I did a lot of reading for this adventure, and I read that scientists think our moon was formed when an object the size of Mars crashed into the Earth billions of years ago. The collision broke off pieces of the Earth that began to orbit around it. Gravity then squeezed some of that material together to make the moon. Wow. Gravity is a little bit like magic. It can make stuff heavier or lighter, and it can even create a moon out of bits of rocks and other material. Reader, after all that work getting our spacesuits on, are you ready to crawl out of our spaceship feet first and then climb down the ladder and onto the moon? Lumi, why don't you lead the way, since I'm guessing we'll be looking for other little creatures that look like you. Lumi, Lumi!
job, everyone. Wow, look at this. We're on the surface of the moon, Reader. Can you believe it? Moving around in this spacesuit is still pretty tough, though. It's pretty bulky. Maybe if we just jump, it will be easier to move. Whoa. soil made out of a powdery material called regolith. Lumi, I hate to deliver bad news, but I don't see any green creatures anywhere. And they should be pretty easy to find given all this gray. I didn't want to say anything before, but 16 humans have made a total of six visits to the moon, and they never found any signs of life here. Sorry, little guy. It looks like you may not be from the moon after all. Lumi! 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 Uh, Alara? Look at Lumi. He's pointing at the sky and he looks very upset. I wonder what's wrong. Lumi! 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 Uh-oh. We're definitely having an off-nominal moment. Off-nominal? What on earth, or in space, does that mean, Alara? Off-nominal is what astronauts say when something goes wrong. You're right about that. Take a look. Follow Lumi's finger and look closely at the sky. Do you see all those moving lights that look like shooting stars? Well, we can be certain that they're not planes or helicopters since there aren't any of those on the moon. So what is it then? A meteor shower? I think so, Lauren. My book says that because the moon has virtually no atmosphere, that it gets pelted by meteor showers every day. It looks like this meteor shower is coming right at us. Yikes! What can we do, Alara? There aren't any buildings or structures to hide in, and we're way too far away from our spaceship now to get back in time. The meteors are getting closer and closer. I don't think we can outrun this rock shower, reader. And even a pea-sized piece of rock traveling at 85,000 miles per hour could be fatal if it hits one of us. Oh, no. This is really off-nominal. Reader, can you think of anything we can do before it's too late? Great idea, Reading Bug. Reader, while you think of some ways to get us out of this predicament and get Lumi back to his family, we're going to pause our adventure here. As part one of our space adventure closes out, I'll play music for you to color to. Think about the ways we might be able to escape the fast-approaching meteor shower. And when you join us again for part two of this episode, you can see how, or if, we actually avoid this danger. You can also draw illustrations from the rest of our adventure. Our book bag spaceship, Alara, and our bulky spacesuits. Or even, us bouncing around in the light gravity of the moon. If you want to read more about space and the moon while you wait for part two of our adventure, check out the books in the Reading Bugs book bag at thereadingbug.com slash adventures. Our coloring music will play in a few seconds for you. Thanks for joining me, Alara, Lumi, and the Reading Bug today on our space adventure. We'll see you right here next time. It's a Reading Bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. 
Just inside our book bag there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too. The reading bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Thank you for joining us on another Reading Bug adventure today. Created, written, performed by The Reading Bug, our family-owned children's bookstore. Find us online at thereadingbug.com. While you're coloring, we have a few people we'd like to thank. I'm Lauren Savage, and today's adventure was an original story written by Diane and Brandon Savage. The episode was performed by Chloe, Riley, and Diane Savage, and me, of course. Original music was written and performed by me, Ross Gruet, and Alexa Thanos. And this episode was sound designed, mixed, and mastered by the great team at Resonate Recordings. I hope you found new books to explore on our adventure today. And if you're looking for more of our favorite books, handpicked by book experts, The Reading Bug offers a subscription box service, shipping nationwide at readingbugbox.com. Stay tuned for part two of our space adventure and for more Reading Bug adventures by subscribing to our podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are heard. And follow us on Facebook or Twitter at The Reading Bug or on Instagram at Reading Bug Box. Thanks for your help on this adventure today, reader. The Reading Bug and I will see you back on the moon next time. Bye-bye. Get ready for a thrilling adventure with Culture Kids Podcast. Join us as we ignite curiosity, broaden horizons, and inspire empathy through culture, traditions, and interviews from people all over the world while having a blast with your whole family. We cover different topics like different greetings around the world and K-pop, Texas barbecue, and even Pokemon. And that's Culture Kids Podcast wherever you get your podcast.